Is David Reinbacher worth the fourth pick overall? David St. Louis of Elite Prospects joins to profile uh, the projected top defenseman in the upcoming draft. And if he's worth the fourth overall pick or where David has David slotted. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day, and if you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch this on YouTube as well. And today we have another draft profile, uh, David Reinbacker, the presumed uh, top defensive pick in the uh this upcoming draft and we discuss if he's actually worth potentially pick number four um as there has been some thought that he is a dark horse candidate for the fourth pick um so david st louis of elite prospects comes on great chat with him uh really interesting to talk about reinbacher and um kind of their thoughts behind you know his scouting report so it's kind of nice to see a nice little kind of peek behind the curtain of especially with their scouting report where they did so again if you haven't checked out their draft guide it is outstanding pristine uh well worth the money so um but before we get into reinbacker do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you guys by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase and now we bring in david st louis from uh elite prospects to talk about david reinbacker David, how's it going? You're the David David combo. I just realized that. How's it going today, buddy? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to talk about him. Yeah, uh, like I was telling you beforehand, I didn't think I'd have to do a Reinbacher, but you know, you never know. We just want to cover all of our bases. Um, so if you don't know who David Reinbacher is, he's a defenseman um, in the uh, Swiss or the Switzerland uh, league, uh, the age EHC. Clotland, um, six foot two, 187 pounds, and 46 games last year had three goals and 19 assists. And um, David, what makes Reinbacher such an intriguing prospect? Yeah, so we didn't have him, uh, we have him ninth in our last board, but that wasn't the case in the first part of the year. It was really a great ascent for him. Um, we didn't really believe in him in the first few months of the season, but then his performance at the World Junior is really floored us like he was one of the mm-hmm. best defensemen at the tournament as a very young guy and that's pretty rare especially for defensemen because they usually take longer to develop but he was already pretty confident out there he was already uh, really good defensively and his rise just continued for us during the, the the rest of the year we see him as a two-way defenseman in the nhl we think he can become uh we're not sure about the top pairing upside but like a number three i think is a safe projection for him and Mm. his floor is very high and there's upside there for many different reasons 
Yeah, he feels like you 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 know exactly what type of defenseman you're going to get um, picking him. And so, I mean, what you talk about kind of his rise and stuff. What do you think has been the biggest reason for that? Like, what are his strengths? What makes him such you know a, a potential top ten, maybe top five prospect? Yeah, so what we we do value defensive defensemen at elite prospects, but it's really the uh, the arrival of his puck moving game during the year that changed uh, our perception of him. So of course he played in a professional league, so it's harder for defensemen there to really show their skills. But as he got more confident, got, gained more ice time, and especially the World Juniors where he was playing more against his own age group, we started to see him as a puck mover. He made more plays, he showed he could evade for checkers, and we val really valued those things for defensemen, and he started showing them. So then we get, we just assembled the package and he had the defensive game and the puck moving game too. So when you combine those two things, it gives a lot of a player a lot of upside. So the offense as at the offensive line has yet to really come, but mm. there are flashes too. So uh, just even if we ignore that part of his game, I think just the defense and the puck moving side, that was enough to make him a top 20 pick. And we, the more he progressed during the year, the more we believe that the puck moving flashes, uh, they are the same skills. He uses the same skills to move the puck as the ones he could be using to also make plays in the offensive zone. So we think as he continues to progress, that that side of his game will come too. He's probably going to remain more of a, a shutdown puck mover, but we think he can put up points too in the NHL. So that's a pretty good prospect when you, like I said, when you assemble all of, all of those parts. And then, you know, you, you, you guys, you're great guide. If you don't have the elite prospects guide, it is glorious, but you, you talk about, you know, his, in, he has a little hammer, he's got the transition age and he's got the play killer. So um, which of those kind of, you, you, you know, you think he, we, he mentioned that he's going to have a pretty high seat or a pretty high floor. We know he's going to be at least a good defensive defenseman. But which of those skills do you think is going to be like his calling card when it's once he goes to the NHL? And that's going to be like what he's known for, you think? I think it's going to be his overall aggressiveness on the ice because um, it is a pretty weird uh, contrast because we I've listened to a few interviews with him and he uh, he's a really humble humble guy and <laughs> he, he's, he's he's laid back but on the ice he's not that at all like he, he goes for hits he's very confident with the puck and he tries to make plays but it's really his aggressiveness and it, and you see it more in his physicality I think he's his main characteristic the, the thing that coaches will, will like the most about him is his ability to box out opponents, uh, control them on the boards, and uh, take away the puck. But uh, the, the rest of his, his skills aren't, aren't that far behind. Like his skating mm -hmm. is clearly above average. He doesn't have perfect mechanics, but uh, it's pretty high end still. And it's going to become better as he adds strength. And the passing game improves. So there is a physicality. I think that's our highest grade for him. But then yep. the skating is just right after that. And then the, the passing and shooting is on another notch below. but. Yes, the package is pretty great still. And what do you think is going to be the maybe the one thing that holds him back from maybe not reaching his full potential? The the thing that he's going to need to continue to work on other than we know every 18-year-old kid needs to add strength and muscle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what do you think is the one thing he needs to work on? It's really his puck handling. Like we we varied between a below average grade and average grade during the year, depending on which after which viewing because 
um, the, puck, the puck tends to get away from him a bit. Not too much, like it's not a big problem, but he doesn't have the finer handling skills that other defensemen have in this draft, like Axel Sending Pelika or Gulyayev or many of the North American defensemen. Um, it, it's not like, again, it's not a big problem, but that's mm -hmm. one of the things that prevent him from making the offensive plays he thinks about right now. So we think his hockey sense is better than the execution. <laughs> and when the, the puck and link catches up to his ideas, I think he's the offensive game is going to come. Once again, he's not, he's not going to be this power play number one guy. I doubt it, maybe power play two, but I think there's room for the offense to improve, really, if he improves mechanically and if he stays this aggressive, confident defenseman who tries plays. So maybe not power play one, but power play two, some points in the NHL if his puck handling improves. But it's easier to improve control of the puck than skating, I feel, at least. All right. Um, so I think the big question is, is he worth a potential top five pick? Because, I mean, that's kind of, or is this more of that there isn't just that one guy, you know, you look at the past couple drafts, right, uh, where there has been the, you know, like your Luke Hughes, you've had your Owen Powers, you know, whoever you want to pick. And this year, it's very, very forward heavy at the top. Is he getting pushed up because of the scarcity of defensemen, or is he actually just good? <laughs> I uh, think that's a very interesting question with multiple different answers. I think in general, when we talk about public scouting, uh, people don't value defensemen of this type as much as high-end forwards. Like even if the defenseman just ends up a 30-40 point guy who is a very good skater, who shuts down opponents and moves the puck, that's very valuable in the, in the NHL. But did it, these players tend to be pushed down draft boards, even at the NHL sites. I'm thinking about... Uh, Kendry Miller, for example, mm -hmm. he was drafted in the 20s by New York. And oh, we know because Ryan uh, Ryan Merkley was the pick right before him. And <laughs> yeah. Two, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's a that, that's a great example. And someone that like David Reinbacker is not Kendry Miller. He's, he's shorter a bit. The skating isn't exactly the same, but he could become just as effective in the NHL. And that's a very valuable player. And I think that player is worth a top 10, maybe even a top five pick, like at number five, maybe. At number four, I think there are some high-end forwards there. Uh, I'm not sure I, I would ignore, but a top five pick, I think it's still worth it because I value this kind of defenseman. But I see others who really prefer uh, having maybe a smaller chance at a very high-end forward. And mm -hmm. they push those those prospects up their board. While I'm not I'm, that I'm more conservative, but I, I like this type of defenseman and this type of, of project that you can take on in the initial draft. Uh, it's not as exciting, but it's very valuable anyway. So I'm not afraid to put him top ten, and I would consider him at five if other prospects are are gone. At number four, uh, I think there's a stronger argument for some other forwards though. All right, guys, before we continue with David on David Reinbacher and we talk about where he fits in, if he would be like the perfect partner for Shakir Mukamadulin, um, do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Game Time. If this summer you're looking for tickets um, for whatever event, um, Game Time is the way to go. I actually use Game Time over the weekend. Uh, my wife's birthday is coming up. She wanted to go see uh, Ed Shireen at, at some point, and I was like, Boom, we're going to do this. Um, so went onto the website or went onto their app, looked at tickets. They you had tickets from, you know, the lowest price. You can kind of look at what your price point is. Um, they had views of every seat. So we know exactly where we're going to be sitting and what the, the concert is going to look like from um, when we get there. So that way I knew I was like, hey, maybe I'll spend, you know, 
a little bit more and make sure I get these nice, uh, these killer seats for my wife for her birthday. So uh, super easy. Um, literally, I signed up, boom, two taps, sent straight to my phone. I have them on my phone, ready to go uh, for the concert in September. Um, the great thing is the lowest price guarantee. So I can keep an eye on if tickets start to go down in the next couple of weeks and I find tickets in the same section or the same row or less, they'll credit me with 110% of the difference. So um, right now, snag the tickets without the stress of game time, download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What type of timeline with him? You know, I know he's playing over in Switzerland. Um, is he going to spend, do you think he's going to spend the next couple of years over there? Or is he going to be in the AHL soon? And I assume he's going to play some AHL because just to get used to the North American ice. What type of timeline do you see before he's making an impact um, in the NHL? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I think, honestly, he could survive in the NHL next year. Do you want to do that? Probably not. Like, you want him to develop. And um, I'm thinking of Moritz Sider when I when I watch uh, David Reinbacher. Not necessarily because they're the exact same player, but they played in a lesser-known professional yep. league in Europe. They, they played in pro during a draft year, so they didn't get to experiment as much as junior players. So uh, I feel like they have... David Redbacker has runway ahead of him, the development runway, and he needs to <laughs> take off, uh, if I can put it like this. And I think it's better if you put him in the AHL, or you leave him somewhere in Europe for a year at least, uh, mm. and you really work with him to develop his activations into the play and his playmaking game, because I feel like it's there somewhere. You just have to really work with him, just like the, the Red Wings work with Sider to develop that, those facets of his game. It's possible for Reinbacker to follow a similar development curve. Maybe not end up as the at the high point of Moritz yeah. Sider, but it's in that range still. So I wouldn't rush him. I think it would be a, a great mistake to, to, to do that. But timeline, uh, draft plus two, maybe you could start in the NHL. And if you really want to be patient with him, draft plus three. So maybe one or two years is, is, what, I, is what I will do with him. But if you really need help on defenseman and you're not worried to uh, rush him, then next year I think he could play on a as number six defenseman or something like this. I mean, yeah, I think we've seen with the Sharks where they're they've trying to be very, especially with my career coming over, they've been trying to be very, very patient with their process. Yes, right? yes. Look how long it took William Eklund, who Eklund could have probably played in the NHL last year, but he didn't get a taste until the end of the season, right? And then you know, I know they they have a lot of. NHL caliber-ish uh, defensive right now. I, I don't think Reinbacher would be cracking that. And we know David Quinn sometimes not the biggest fan of playing young guys, at least what we saw with the Rangers. Uh, so, But he did like Keandre Miller, and Miller was a, you know... Um, so you could maybe potentially see it right there in that that type of situation. So um, I would assume... I mean, I, I don't know how what you know about the Sharks prospect pool, but I would assume Reinbacker would be their best prospect by far if, if he, the Sharks were to draft him. I still like uh, Eklund. I still like uh, Eklund. <laughs> you can more. come back then uh, <laughs> as many times you want. As long as yeah, Eklund is, yeah. Eklund's yeah. very high on my personal board of everything. I, I, so. I really, really like Eklund in his draft here. I, I don't know what happened in his draft plus one. Like he had trouble scoring, but he, he really improved that team was this a season. Mess. <laughs> that, team, that, <laughs> that team was a mess. <laughs> yeah, I think it set him back a bit, but he's still a, a smaller winger with like mm. average skating. So the, the game is mm. always going to be harder for him, but the hockey sense is, is high end like it's elite and i think his playmaking is going to 
become very useful for, for the Sharks in time. It's good that they're taking their time with him. Mm -hmm. David Ranbacker would probably be number two if I were to do their prospect pool ranking right now in my yeah. head. I don't remember every one that's in there, but that's probably a safe bet. Um, and yeah, it would be a useful piece for the team for, for years, honestly. It's just like, like I said, it's not as, as exciting, but in terms of pick value, uh, it wouldn't be too wrong to select him where they, they have him. Maybe sign a bit wrong, but uh, yeah, he, he would be a pretty good prospect right behind Eklund for me. Yeah, I mean, and I would assume Shakir Mukamadilan, who's probably taken over the oh, crown yeah. as the as the Sharks' best defensive prospect. Um, you know, I I, I can honestly see those because Mukamadilan, you can see the offensive skills there. Still a little worrisome in his own zen, but if you paired him with a guy like Reinbacker, like it feels like that's a, a pretty solid combo that you could kind of pencil in for the, for years to come, right? Yeah, and yeah, they would make a good pairing because uh, Shakira tends to take risk, like you said, and Reinbacker is much more advanced in the details of his game. Like He's much more mature as a player, so mm -hmm. that, that, that would fit very well. Uh, I don't remember if he shoots left or right, though. Uh, Shakira is left-handed. Uh, basically, oh, every Sharks defensive prospect is left-handed with the exception of Gandalf So <laughs> That's another argument in favor of Reinbacker. <laughs> they need somebody who can shoot from the right side because yeah, they have literally one person right now. It's it's yeah. I think they're going to take a bunch of right-handed defensemen in this draft. All right, three, two, one. All right, guys. Before we finish up with David, and uh, we talk about kind of the top ten and and the elite prospects, how they kind of rank these guys, and um, where he actually has Reinbacker slotted to go. Uh, he makes his pick where Reinbacker is going to go, despite where uh, elite prospects has him uh, ranked. Do, though, need to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at Bird Dogs. And if you are looking to upgrade your attire, you need some new shorts, uh, Bird Dogs is the way to go to make you look good. They have stretched khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. Um, they do the same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I really like the built-in underwear um, that we don't have to worry about like things kind of bunching up or kind of issues there. Um, they have an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. They have become part of my weekend attire, right? Especially if you're like me, you got soccer practice and soccer games Saturday morning with the kids. You're out running errands all day. Maybe you're at the brewery in the evening. Maybe you're over, you know, you're barbecuing. Bird Dogs has got you covered from every angle. So head over to birddogs.com slash LockdownNHL. Enter the promo code LockdownNHL. They'll give you a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockdownNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. But... Um, all right, so let's talk some bigger draft stuff. So, again, if you guys haven't checked out the Elite Prospects uh, guide, it is thick it is glorious um i have spent way too much time just digging into it um constantly since it came out but so you guys uh kind of we'll start with your top 10 which um is of course i don't want to spoil too much because um you, you, you know, can say is, the top 10 doesn't matter yeah uh, if if you haven't seen the top 10 for you guys by now it's it's pretty you know um you probably haven't been on the internet but so we have <laughs> Padard number one right fantilli number two of course um you guys have carlson mitchkoff and then you have zach benson at number five which is very intriguing i love zach benson um short king season for me as much as possible but uh will smith 
who is kind of the presumed pick at number seven. Um, then Ryan Leonard at six, Oliver Moore at eight, David Reinbacher, and then Dmitry uh, Simashev. So let's start with Will Smith because um, that's probably the presumed pick uh, for the Sharks at number four. You guys have him seventh. Is it a reach or is it this draft class is just so sh- – everything is so tight and you have to uh, you have to pick nits at this point in the draft? Yeah. For us, I think there's a gap between uh, Mitch Goff and then another, another gap, Benson, and then Ryan Leonard and Will Smith pretty much equal in our mind. We mm-hmm. had to make a choice, so we ended up at seven, but honestly, we could have flipped. Why do you guys hate Will and... Smith? No, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate him, but I, I feel like we're one of the lower scouting agencies on him, mm-hmm. and it's strictly because uh, we value prospects who have a lot of dimensions to their game. So yep. I think Will Smith is elite in two things. He's elite in playmaking, so his ability to manipulate defenders to open lanes and, and create plays for his teammate. His vision is amazing, really. And he's very good at moving without the puck. So he attacks pockets of space at the right time. He He's always in support of his teammates. He's very good at anticipating the play. So very high hockey sense, very, very high passing ability. The rest of his game, he didn't really develop it, honestly. Like th- Those two things were so good for him in in the past years in the USHL and minor hockey that he could only rely on those two things to beat defenders consistently. He didn't need to develop anything else. So Mm -hmm. he's further behind in the rest of the dimensions of his game than other prospects. So that's why we uh, he carries some risk, honestly. Like I think he's going to be a great power play force in the NHL. He's probably going to put put up a lot of points. Um, It's just that is he going to help the team defensively and to retrieve the puck? Not that much. He's going to need complementary teammates to do that for, for him and really help him. Is he going to stick at center? We don't know. Although his defensive game did improve during the year. And his skating still needs another gear or two because right now we project it as average. He has those edges. He's pretty like elusive. But mm-hmm. in terms of straightaway speed and quickness, he needs to add strength and correct some mechanical flaws. So you see that like, he has this amazing profiles in two things, but there are other things he needs to really improve and come playoff time. So we value the regular season, but also the playoffs and yep. almost equally. So that's why there was an argument for, for Ryan Leonard, who maybe his, his playmaking is a couple of notches below Will Smith, but he has obviously other his off-ball game is as good as, as Smith. He's better defensively. He has the physical game and he has the, the shot, the scoring touch too. And he has that competitiveness that we didn't always see from Smith. So I'm still not sure who I would pick between those two. <laughs> like we, we, had, we had to make a choice and uh, where I'm still hesitating in my head, even if it, we locked it in, like I feel like it could have been with Will Smith at six. And he's a, prefer, he's a perfectly good pick for the, the Sharks at four, but he's going to need a, the development help, like a lot of focus help to correct his mistakes and really take his game in the right direction. If mm-hmm. he does so, he has the, the most upside out of out of it. Even Benson and Leonard, I think, like if everything breaks right and if he has yep. really the right support, it's, it's a great pick. It's just that it's one that has more risk and this game is further than from the NHL in certain aspects. So the further the player is, the, the more he has to develop, the riskier it gets. You're projecting more at that rate of yeah. if he does this, if he does this type of, of thing. So, um, you know, and we know he's going to be going to, to college next year. Uh, that whole trio is going to Boston. Um, so what do you think will be kind of playing in college? Uh, how do you think that will help him going forward compared to like maybe one of the CHL prospects or something like that? Um, you know, I know he's it's not pro, but college does feel a little, you know, there's a little bit more 
physicality, a, a little bit more umfight, I'd say, behind it for him. So do you think this is maybe the best path for him uh, going forward is playing in college for, you know, a year or two years? Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, I think he's going to be playing with the same teammates too. So uh, this is both a good and a bad thing because the good is that he's going to develop his strengths even further. Like the creativity yeah. is going to augment, increase even more. And because he's going to be able to try those plays still and connect with those teammates all the time. So this is very good. And they're going to insulate him in some ways. But again, he's not going to be exposed to his weaknesses as much. Yep. Still, the, the NCA is a like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a step up from the USHL. So, of course, it's more physical. You have to play better, better defense if you want mm. to advance <laughs> through the rounds and, and the Frozen Tour and, and all of this. So, it's going to be challenged more. That's good. Uh, the issue is that the, his teammates might be able to replicate the same USHL environment again next year. But that, that's projecting a lot. We'll see what happens yep. with him. As long as he's, he's conscious of his weaknesses and he wants to improve those that's very good he's going to maybe even try to change his game a bit to really focus on on the on the defensive side and uh, develop puck protection mechanics not that he needs to become a power forward but you need some skills in those areas to really uh, round out your game and avoid being easily shut down at the nhl level like you can be you can be one dimensional in the nhl if you're elite elite in that elite, dimension. Yeah, like yeah. Top of the crust of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Top. And Will Smith could approach that. That's another path that he could take, like become this Patrick King kind of player and be, really become dominant in the NHL through his playmaking. That's possible. But again, it's safer if you develop those other tools. And Kane did, to his credit. Like he yeah. learned to absorb contact and use it to, like, we're getting into details, but give me 30 seconds with this. <laughs> no worries. Kane learned to not necessarily approach puck battles in, uh, just like other players did, like he would stay at a distance from the wall, really make contact before he arrives at the boards and use the, the, the shove of the opponent to really get in speed and pick up the puck and evade. So he developed though those techniques as he as he learned. And I think Will Smith would benefit from watching someone, watching Kane's development and other playmakers, how did they round their game? How did they figure out physicality and stuff like this? All right. Um, and then, I mean, the other one, of course, is every, I think, most Sharks fans, if Michkov is there, they want him to pick Michkov. Um, give me your like two minutes on Michkov. Like, <laughs> I think I think most fan bases are like, I mean, because I you I know you cover the Habs or you cover the Habs in, in a past life. Um, most fan bases like pick Michkov. He seems like the, like a no brainer. But um, I mean, would you pick Michkov? Yeah, that's number four. Against Will Smith or Zach Benson, I think there's always an argument to select those other two because, uh, yes, I, I see the the, um, the massive upside with Mitch Cobb, but he also carries some risk because of, mm. he's going, it's not just a contract, he's going to be developing in Russia for the next few years. And sometimes uh, players tend to develop further away from the, uh, I mean, their, <laughs> their style of play goes away from the NHL a bit when they play in Russia and they can play at a lower pace and not on a larger ice. So uh, maybe it's going to, keep his bad habits of uh, flying the zone and playing mm -hmm. more like a junior prospect uh, would in uh, North America. But his, the upside is massive, like uh, 100 points. Like he, he can score in any way you want. He can. He has that physicality that Will Smith doesn't. So he's going mm -hmm. to rush the net like a madman sometimes if he sees the puck lose. He's better at protecting the puck. He learned to evade opponents there. And he can make plays. Like He's a playmaker, but he also has that shot. Um, so he can score in plenty of different ways yep. and like the upside is very very good 
All right, uh, we'll get you out of here on these last two questions. Uh, question number one, five years from now, who is the best non-Connor Bedard player from this draft? Uh, it's between Adam Fantilli and Lil Carlson, I think. And just in terms of overall impact, I would say Adam Fantilli. If I have to pick one player, so I'm just going to commit to this one. It's the easy choice, but um, when we when I get asked those questions, I just don't take into account just production, but also yep. overall impact on the ice. And it's just going to be easier for Adam Fentilli than Mitchkov to have like a, a tree zone impact because he's he's speedy. He has uh, those amazing physical tools. So he has a bunch of tools. His, his two-way game is already better. He has that grinder mentality on top of the skill. So they are, mm. the, the package is overflowing with Adam Fentilli. And his hockey sense grade improved a lot over the past two seasons as he played in Michigan, who a really great development program would yes. help him see the tactical side of the game and understand it. So uh, the upside is massive. So uh, we, we, we did consider Adam Fentilli for number one for a period uh, last autumn. So a few months ago, before Conor Bedard had this great year. Bedard really went insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now there was no debate, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah, he shut that answer. down at World Juniors because uh, it was like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. And then World Juniors happened and Bedard's like, get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, and then the last question, where in the draft does David Reinbacher go? What pick? Um, I think it's going to be number six to Arizona. It makes sense. They need uh, some defensive help of any kind. I just mm -hmm. hope that they don't rush him to the NHL. Uh, it could be five to, to the Habs, but I feel the Habs are going to go forward in any way. So I think it's number six. Not sure. We'll see. All right, makes sense. Uh, David, thank you so much. Uh, where can the people find you? Uh, on my Twitter, David underscore St. Louis. And just check out our draft guide. Like you said, it's uh, 1,600 pages this season. You're not supposed to read it all, but you can use the Control F function to find <laughs> your players and click on the list for the players you're interested in. And we have game reports, advanced stats, manually tracked data, and we have many quotes from NHL scouts. So even if you don't like our opinions, you still have opinions from NHL executives still you, you can read. And we explain our ranking in depth in the first uh, few pages. So you mm -hmm. know why we ranked a player ahead of another. And that's something we added this year. So it's a great product. Our YouTube channel too. We have a bunch of videos. And on EP Ring side, we continue to break down these prospects in more details with the help of video. So subscribe to EP Ring side. We've got everything, honestly, about yeah, prospects. Yeah. You guys did a fantastic job. Like I said, I have been uh, basically nonstop looking at it, trying to figure out who the pick Sharks are going to pick at number 26. So, um, But thank you so much, David, and we'll chat with you again soon, buddy. Thank you. That was fun. I guess I uh, hope you enjoyed my conversation with David St. Louis on David Reinbacher. Um, I get the pick at four if the Sharks want to go Reinbacher at four. Uh, I just wouldn't do it. I, I think they're, especially with all the defensemen at the back end of the first round, um, beginning the second round, they may not have the same kind of potential as Reinbacher. But I think the cost opportunity of picking a guy like a Will Smith, presumably at number four, um, again, it's all about the cost opportunity, right? Where you could find a potential 1C at the worst, a first-line winger um, in Will Smith compared to a, probably a number three defenseman for your team. And I know the Sharks need help defensively. It's just it's an opportunity cost. And I would rather take a swing on some of the guys at the end of the first, beginning of the second compared to 
picking number four. If the Sharks trade back, different story, uh, at least from number four. But um, still, got to try to cover all of our bases. I feel like I got pretty solid on on the top five here, uh, at least where it's probably going to shake shake out. Um, so. Starting to wind down on our draft profiles. Got a couple more left coming out next week, and then it's going to be draft week, which I can't believe we're almost here. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to continue to make sure that you're following along, getting all of your draft coverage um, here at Locked on Sharks, so you can follow along wherever you get podcasts, and, of course, watch on YouTube as well. Uh, going to try to do as much cool YouTube stuff while I'm at the draft in Nashville this year, so you're going to make sure you're definitely following along there. Um of course, follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. And until tomorrow, we'll be back to discuss uh, the potential. I'm going to talk about my my top 10 defensemen and how I have them stacked up, which is uh, probably going to be terrible compared. Uh, real scouts are going to laugh at me, but the heart wants what the heart wants. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So make sure you guys are back tomorrow. Until then, bye, friends.